This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D I E T Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Dinner for Everyone, the new cookbook from Mark Bittman, author of How to Cook Everything. Whether you're looking for a dish that's easy or vegan or really fancy, well, Every recipe in this book is written in variations for each of those three needs. Yep. Last night, I made the chicken couscous with Tunisian spices. It took about 30 minutes. Uh, We ate the whole thing, and uh, I recommend it. Mm, Dinner for Everyone by Mark Bittman is available wherever books are sold. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about pregnancy food cravings. Yes. This episode was requested by someone. I need to look this up. Oh, yeah. I think you did mention that once. I'm drinking a mug of tea. A mug of tea? So soothing. I'm looking things up while Molly's drinking a mug of tea. What is this accent? This is terrible. I'm making myself upset. Okay, anyway. Pregnancy cravings. Ah, this is requested by listeners Mary and Camilla separately. Oh, thank you, Mary and Camilla. Gosh, where to begin? It's, uh, you know, it's Mary Parker Bowles. No, I'm Camilla Parker Bowles. Never mind. I completely <laughs> fucked up that joke. Nice effort. <laughs> so, um, you know, I like... I remember a few distinct things from being pregnant. Okay. Yeah, let's start there with your memory lane. I've only been pregnant once, and so I Mm -hmm. only have this one experience to draw from. And I understand that that, um, even like the same woman over over different pregnancies can have very different food cravings. Well, I mean, you're ahead of me by one. That's true. That's true. There's still time to catch up, though, Matthew. I'm not sure how, but we'll figure it out one day. All right. Like, um, I mean, I've been watching the movie Junior with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger a lot, um, which is a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Anyway, so early in my pregnancy, I have to say, like, it, it was a very strange time because I, I had um, a, a, a close loved one, my mother's twin sister, who was sick and in a hospital at that uh-huh. time. So I was traveling a lot and I was newly pregnant and I was like sort of nervous about morning sickness. And, you know, like it's weird being pregnant for the first time, like sure. not knowing what your body is going to do. I remember being like hanging out around this hospital and spending a lot of time on my phone doing Google searches for like the nearest donut place. Oh, nice. Because I desperately wanted a 
donut. Oh, desperately seeking donuts. Desperately seeking donuts. I wanted a glazed raised donut. Mm-hmm. And I did finally get one in the Baltimore airport. Um, there was a uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Nice. But I, I mean, I, I thought about that donut for like two weeks before I managed to get my hands on it. And it was fantastic. It was uh, over too soon. And then I think I had like a few more donuts like in, in quick succession over the coming weeks. And then that then I sort of moved on. The other things I remember, I remember eating. This is not so much a craving, but like it always like appealed to me peanut butter just spread on slices of of whole wheat bread sure like not even toasted yeah i mean i i like would carry around a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and a plastic knife oh that is so fun to visualize you just like carrying <laughs> those things like in your hands walking down the street <laughs> like in my tote bag like, like spreading spreading peanut butter on a loaf of bread while walking down the street so a, a much slice of bread not so a loaf much of bread. peanut butter and bread yeah i also remember um Oh, I wanted a lot of salted butter. Yeah. Sometimes for lunch, I'd fry myself an egg and then I would boil some like little potatoes and drown them in salted butter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so good. Um, also, I frequently got hungry in the middle of the night or like right at bedtime. And so I started like I would think to myself, like, what are the things that I could eat without ha- having to brush my teeth again? Oh, nice. And I, I think about that sometimes when I'm snacking, too. I, I I did this last night. Actually, I got up and got a spoonful of peanut butter mm-hmm. like while reading my book before bed. Um, but what I started doing when so I was wait, pregnant. Do you think peanut butter is a thing that you don't have to brush your teeth after eating? <laughs> I was just telling myself that that if I if I licked it off the spoon and in just a certain like way, swallow it down without, it, without spreading it, it on your teeth yeah. with a butter knife. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I hear don't you. know. It's like, it's some like fuzzy logic. I, yeah, I know the plaque doesn't really care, but <laughs> yeah, the plaque doesn't like it. Just needs whatever's in my saliva. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I started keeping a jar of almonds on my bedside table because somehow it's seemed like like they didn't stick in my teeth quite as badly as like a cracker or something like that but anyway i kept a jar like a quart size mason jar of almonds on my bedside table through most of my pregnancy Mm -hmm. and i remember waking up in the night and unscrewing the lid and just lying in bed and eating almonds oh that is so decadent but these are like really boring things yeah I, I didn't do you know like i didn't have a lot of crazy cravings right well my i remember my earliest memory of anything related to pregnancy cravings is my mom telling me at some point that uh that pregnant women crave pickles and ice cream and this is the classic thing like and i've I mean, never I, met a pregnant right woman no who i think she, she meant that she what she meant was like that this was like a jokey stereotype okay. but um i think i like took it to mean that this was like a true thing. So when Lori um, got pregnant, were you like, I know what to do? And you came home with like a jar of Klaus and pickles and some ice cream? And there was an ice cream place when I was a kid that had dill pickle ice cream <laughs> as a joke. Like, you hmm. know, pregnant women. It's like come. a waste of perfectly yeah, good dairy it products. Does. So I have a report from wife of the show, Lori. Oh, really? It's, uh, yeah, this is an official report. Oh, She's typed it up and everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, no, I interviewed her and I did the typing. Oh, okay. Uh, I am I am secretary of the show. So uh, Lori says she does not remember having any weird cravings either, but uh, that especially starting uh, second trimester, she was hungry, like hungrier than ever before. I loved mm-hmm. like the degree to which I was hungry yeah. in pregnancy. It was so fun. Um, so she said the thing she especially wanted was a lot of protein, especially meat. 
And she says, uh, something I'd never done before since since was buy big bags of beef jerky and kept them at my desk. I even went to the Oberto factory store to buy ends and pieces of beef jerky. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Okay. And she said, uh, on her way home from work every day, she got off the bus uh, uh, half a block from Dick's Drive-In, uh, <sighs> venerable uh-huh. burger place uh-huh. in Seattle. And she says, I would always try and keep a couple bucks on hand to get a cheeseburger on the way home. One of the one of my coworkers once said, I saw you walking across Broadway eating a cheeseburger. And she did not know how to respond to that. <laughs> I I have stopped at that particular Dick's on Broadway many times because those cheeseburgers are like the perfect size. Mm-hmm. They're the perfect size. So I'll be like, oh, gosh, it's like two hours till lunch. What am I going to do? I'm going to get a Dick's cheeseburger. Right. So then like... A week before Iris was born, December 2003, the story broke that the first case of mad cow was found in Washington state. And Laurie was like, oh, shit. Like, uh, you know, I've been eating all of these fast food burgers. And like she'd been a vegetarian for years and like had only been eating meat for like a few years before that and felt like, uh, you know, suddenly like there's mad cow and she's being punished for her transgressions. Mm-hmm. So she says, first trans- trimester, she was not very hungry, just tired and uh, didn't have major, major nausea, but definitely had some crackers and Sprite kind of days. But uh, one thing, so I'm wondering if you had this too, because like this was a thing Lori did not, had never heard of, and I had never heard of either. But then like, of course, as soon as it happened, she like talked to her friends who had been pregnant or, and they were like, uh, oh yeah, like this happened to me too. Uh, did you develop a gag reflex? No. Okay. I mean, it doesn't happen to everyone, obviously. But uh, Lori found, like, there were some days she couldn't brush her teeth because, like, just putting the toothbrush into her mouth would make her gag. Oh, no. No, no. I didn't. Did she develop food aversions? I asked about that, and she said, not really. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. And she said she did not want to drink a lot of caffeine when she was pregnant, so she started drinking steamed milk with almond syrup. And and, then then Iris loved it. Iris's standard milk. Oh, what did she call it again? Um, uh, almond. Almond. That's okay. Great. Perfect. <laughs> this episode, in which we're chewing a lot, mm-hmm. is brought to you by Thomas's English muffins. The other day, I wanted kind of a light lunch. Uh huh. And here's what I did. I went to the cupboard, which I call the root cellar. And I pulled out some Thomas's cinnamon raisin English muffins. Wait a minute, you call your cupboard a root cellar? Oh yeah, that cupboard over there. We've always called it the root cellar. Oh, that's so because cute. we're the cutest. Go on. Um, I pulled out of the root cellar uh, some Thomas's cinnamon raisin English muffins. Ooh. I toasted them up. I put some peanut butter on there. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like a hot, crusty peanut butter and jelly sandwich, mm. even though there was no jelly. The fruit flavor was just coming from the raisins, and the peanut butter got nice and melty. <sighs> and then after I ate those two halves, I did the same thing again. Are you serious? Yes. Really? I ate four um, halves. June has been eating uh, the cinnamon raisin Thomas's English muffins for breakfast lately, but she's They're been good. having them with butter. Gosh, yes. tomorrow I should suggest PB. Indeed. So uh, we'll post a picture of that for sure at mm-hmm. uh, spilledmilkpodcast.com. Thomas's, wake up to what's possible. I think you did some research on I did pregnancy some research. cravings. And I want to say that um, we are going to not be talking about like what pregnant women should or shouldn't eat no. in pregnancy. We are not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. However, I would like to tell our listeners that if they are interested in examining, especially like the uh, the American tradition of telling women what they should and shouldn't oh, do there's and a eat book about during this? pregnancy, Angela Garbez discusses this. Uh, with with wonderful insight in her book, Like a Mother. 
Yeah. So anyway, check it out. Angela Garb is like a mother. We'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, if you Google pregnancy cravings, it's like um, a lot of it is so dumb. Like a lot of it is like stunt food. Sure. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. like a lot of stunt like eating. Like pickle, dill pickle ice cream. Exactly. But apparently something like like at least 50% of pregnant women report odd or unusual or like unusually powerful food cravings. Mm-hmm. And I read this article in Psychology Today about, like, whether there's a biological basis for this. And the bottom line is nobody knows. Sure. Um, but one explanation that it's would not, seem... It's not really, like, a scientifically posed question. No. No. And and the other thing is, like, like pretty much everything surrounding, uh, like pregnancy in humans it would be difficult to test because sure. we don't like doing tests on pregnant women uh, or we, on also, we also don't like to do experiments where we take a bunch of women and uh, have half of them get pregnant <laughs> yeah we, we don't like to do that but so one explanation and i think this makes good sense is obviously hormonal shifts like sure. this makes sense because also during menopause another time of great hormonal shifts in a woman's life women often report food cravings then okay. too Anyway, um, but this is interesting. During pregnancy, there's an increase in the production of a substance called neuropeptide Y, which is an appetite stimulant. So, you know, this, of course, would increase appetite. Sure. So this makes sense. But it doesn't say anything about, like, specific food cravings. Neuropeptide Y not, am I right? (laughs) Great. Great. That was the whole joke. What is interesting is that... um, so it, it is widely reported or has been found that women are more sensitive to salt or less sensitive to salt okay. during pregnancy and more sensitive to bitter flavors. I mean, the bitter part, I feel like I have a hypothesis because, for. Because poisonous things are often bitter. Yeah. And so you would want to avoid those while pregnant. Do you know anything about like what the current status of the, the like um, uh, protective effect of morning sickness? Um, no, I know nothing about that is argument. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there was there was some evidence for this hypothesis, and then there was some pushback, and I don't know about the current. No, state of I don't. The I don't know anything. I know nothing about anything. Okay, mostly. Anyway, a lot of people you'll find this in a lot of places believe that that food cravings in general are linked to like deficiency deficiencies in nutrients or like nutrients that your body needs. Like this idea that my body will tell me. Oh, I have a Dorito deficiency. <laughs> you do? Uh-huh. Um, I have a, uh, let's see, yesterday evening I felt like I had a little bit of a red wine deficiency. Mm-hmm, sure. And then I had a, a um, like a baked pasta deficiency. Mm. Yeah. All right, cool. This morning I woke up with a real coffee deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, and of course there are like cultural factors at play. Yeah. Women tend to, to crave what is available and known to them, right? So probably it's, you're not going to start craving a food you've never heard of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh gosh, I'm suddenly craving this thing. I, I picture it. It's it's orange uh-huh. and it's got spikes. Ooh, and ooh, um, um, It's a... Uh, 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 passion fruit. No, uh, ja- jackfruit. Uh, jackfruit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. What do I win? Nothing. Um, a, a study jackfruit. of over two hundred pregnant women in Tanzania found that the most common cravings there were meat, mangoes, yogurt, oranges, plantain, and soft drinks. In the U.S., the most common pregnancy cravings are, no surprise here, dairy and sweet foods like chocolate, fruits, juices. Hmm. Less commonly, pregnant women will crave salty things. Now, it's interesting because, like, purely anecdotally, I feel like when when I have uh, had, like, a friend who's pregnant and, like, you know, needs something, it's usually, like, I need protein. 
I think that's very like, common. like in kind of a general sense. Like I feel like you know, that they feel like you know nothing nothing else is going to really sate their hunger. Huh. The strongest cravings I experienced were for sweet things. Like, okay. Like cool. Like those donuts. Donuts. You know, of course, I went to the website Baby Center. Of course. Which uh, feels like it panders. I always feel in, in what in what way? Well, I don't know. I just feel like I, I always feel like I feel like so many of these sites for like pregnant moms are, are treat you like you're stupid. Oh yeah, for sure. It drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they reported that uh, moms on the website Baby Center uh, said that they wanted pickles wrapped in cheese. Now I'm kind of curious to how, try this. How do you wrap something in cheese? Well, I just wonder if you took like a dill pickle spear okay. and thinly sliced a piece of cheddar and wrapped okay. the, the pickle spear in cheese. I think this sounds great. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board. Uh, salsa eaten like by the spoonful straight oh, from yeah. the jar. Cheese whiz sandwiches. Sure. Hmm. This was like one of the top reports was cheese whiz sandwiches. This was what Baby Center pulled out. I feel like it was like eye catching to them. But anyway, I interviewed some of my friends. Uh, Lori interviewed some of her friends. Really? Okay, let's take turns talking about our friends. Ooh, let's talk about our friends. Yeah. So, hey, my friends. Hey, did you you hear about Sarah? (laughs) My friend Sarah, uh, who had her second child uh, almost a year ago now, with, with her second pregnancy, she craved cottage cheese. Okay. And specifically this combination, which she said she had never eaten before pregnancy. Okay. All right. Cottage cheese with cherry tomatoes, pumpkin seeds, olive oil, and black pepper. It had to be that exact combination. That must be pretty cool to like suddenly feel like I have to have this specific thing and I can get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even keep pumpkin seeds around. Yeah. But you could get them if you had to. I could get them. Uh, I mean, also, I'm sure you know how to take down a pumpkin. I do. I do. I just throw it on and my harvest, driveway. Yeah. Heave it over my head. Sarah also, of course, reported liking milkshakes. Who doesn't like milkshakes? Sure. Okay. Uh, I have a report from uh, Lori's friend, Suzanne, who says, McDonald's hot fudge sundaes. But truthfully, it wasn't so much a new craving as an excuse to eat them. Mmm, I would love one now. In the last month of pregnancy, I waddled into a crowded McDonald's and ordered one. When it was ready, the server placed it on the counter closer to her than to me. I reached for it, but my belly got in the way. The (laughs) server was too busy to notice, so I had to ask several times for her to pass it to me. Oh, my God. Needless to say, the other customers were very amused. That's great. My friend Natalie, who also just had her second child, she said that during, during this second pregnancy... She craved pineapple really strongly mm-hmm. and radicchio really strongly. Not together, but separately. And radicchio is a bitter thing. And it's a bitter thing. Yeah. And with her first child, she craved rice and beans and egg salad. Okay. That would fit with the, the, yeah. uh, the protein. Sure. Yeah. Melody says, I built Owen out of Taco Bell chicken burritos back in the old days when those had rice and all sorts of goodness, but ancient history. I think Owen's like 22 now or something. Oh, Wow. Oh, oh, okay. I really enjoyed what my friend Riley had to say. Okay. Uh, Riley is pregnant right now. Oh. When, when is oh, wow. this episode airing? Uh, this episode is airing oh, April 11th. 
Oh my gosh, Riley will be about to have a baby, if not like having just had a baby. So anyway. Congratulations, Riley. uh, In her first trimester, she says it was bean burritos. There were times when I drove to taco time in between clients and scarfed an entire burrito in two minutes to keep myself from getting sick. Nice. They were the only thing that sounded good to me. Since that, I've been really into fruit. I also sometimes have a craving for a glazed old-fashioned donut from Top Pot. Mm -hmm. It's a local donut place. The other day, I was in Ballard, tried the Ballard Top Pot, and they were out, so I drove to Wedgwood for a donut and then (laughs) back to Ballard for my appointment. Of course. Riley's husband, Chris, adds this, and I I really like this. Oh, okay. Chris says, I once got a request from Riley for a tuna casserole on my way home from work, and by the time it came out of the oven, she wouldn't eat it. Oh, I didn't well, have anything like that. I mean, but that's that's just like foreshadowing of uh, what having a toddler is. Oh, like. Oh, I know. It's a way to go, Riley. <laughs> yep. Way to way to break Chris in slowly and easily. Speaking of foreshadowing, Kelly reports Jack was built out of butterscotch shakes, and now his sugar of choice is a butterscotch shake. <sighs> wow. You know how they say that during when a woman is breastfeeding, that the flavors that she's eating like are transferred through her milk. Yeah. I wonder if she ate a lot of butterscotch shakes while she was breastfeeding as well. Are things transferred yeah. in utero, really? Sure. I mean, I guess that does make sense because there are certainly a whole lot of women who don't breastfeed. And, right. and in theory, like their kids are still somehow getting exposed to flavors. Um, um, well, I mean, there's a lot I of mean, things well, I going on. There's like, they're getting exposed to flavors in utero. They're getting like, culturally exposed in the sense yes. of like, you know, they see what their parents eat. And then there's also a genetic component to what we like and don't like. It's true. I didn't think about that. I always forget about the genetic component. Like, mm-hmm. I think about that, like, in terms of just general, like, taste. Like, where the heck does that come from? Not just taste, but, like, taste in, in everything, like, in clothing. In, like, I mean... Is there a gene for purple sweatshirts? Yeah, we, I mean, we can't all have, like, the, the fashion gene like I do. Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to wonder how much of this is a true craving, and how much of it is just that when women are pregnant, in general, they're hungrier and they're sort of paying more attention to their bodies. Sure. But I mean, so, how is that different from a true craving? Well. I mean, like for it to be a true craving, does it have to be sort of like arbitrary? Well, I was I, I guess what I mean is I think that most of us or at least most of us who who at least enjoy eating to some degree. Mm-hmm. We are aware that we have things that sound good to us on any particular day. Like, ah, pasta sounds really good to me. I want to have pasta for dinner tonight. But I think that when you're pregnant, at least in my experience, you are so much more like to you're you're paying so much more attention to like every single aspect of your body that I just wonder if it feels that much more insistent or, or present or unignorable. Yeah. And I think I mean, the fact that like pregnancy is a time when when like and not completely, of course, but that like at a time when women are like allowed to express hunger totally um, without as being, opposed to being like, I'll just have the salad. Right. Um, yeah. Without without it being like looked down upon by patriarchal society mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. that presumably factors into it in some way, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that none of the women you you talk to, none of the women I talk to, none of them reported like super way out cravings. Like, uh, No, but I've got another one. Oh, you do? 
Uh, I've got two more. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Liz says, the first three months, it was ice-cold vitamin water and the blandest cereal I could find. After that, it was McDonald's hash browns and cinnamon rolls. Both mm. of those are things I mostly enjoy, but I needed them like I needed nothing else. And this, this was, I thought, the most interesting one. I couldn't handle hot drinks during my pregnancy. Ice-cold drinks were the only ones I could handle. Interesting. Huh. I wonder if that was nausea-related. I don't know. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Thanks, Liz. Um, but, I mean, if, if she means her whole pregnancy, pro- I mean, it probably didn't have nausea straight through. I don't know. Is that a thing? Uh, I, I think that in most cases you don't have nausea straight through. There are definitely conditions. I think sure. that, I think that like, uh, was it Kate Middleton or something had one of those situations where she was Oof. extremely ill through most of her pregnancy. Well, that sucks. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a named condition. I don't remember mm-hmm. the name of it. I'm sure that all of our listeners will know because yes. well, they've been following the royal family. Yeah, they're they're royal watchers and they're smarter than us. I mean, as as most ev- of our listeners are royal watchers and internal medicine doctors. Yes. Did uh, Instagram for some reason on the explore page keeps showing me pictures of the royal family? And at, for the first couple of weeks that this was happening, I was like, why am I getting pictures of the royal family? I'm not like into this. But then I started clicking on them and now I keep getting them, of course, because I clicked on them. Yeah, it keeps showing me pictures of Pippa Middleton's butt, but that's just because of my search history. So, <laughs> Do you think that like the royal family in an effort to stay relevant, uh-huh. maybe they really liked this like boost of youthful interest they got around like Meghan Markle and Harry's oh, wedding. So you think, you think they're so boosting their paying, posts? Yeah, they've been boosting oh, their and, posts and, and on like, Instagram. Doing like, like a, what do, you, what do you call it? Like when you pay influencers, they're paying influencers. Yeah. They've got like a grassroots thing going on. Yeah. Uh, Darsa says, I was finishing graduate school and teaching full-time when pregnant with Max. I would drive into Manhattan after school and get boar's head bologna on a Kaiser roll before class. It's so gross to think about now, but it was the only thing that didn't offend. Boar's head bologna on a Kaiser roll. Also, I like that um, when I pasted this into a document, all of the emojis turned into like codes for emojis. And this one says, woman shrugging skin tone too. <laughs> so, so Darsa, you've, you've now been reduced to just woman shrugging skin tone too. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to remember anything else that I was really into. Did Lori have, like, did she have a food that she desperately wanted to eat after Iris was born? Oh, that's a good question. I know she she always wanted, like, plenty of water close by, like, within reach, uh, like While a big a big glass of water at all times. It is crazy when you're breastfeeding how all of a sudden this, like, wave of thirst rises Interesting, in you. I yeah. mean, it is, you can't. You can't ignore it. But yeah, I'm trying it's to remember, like, nothing comes to mind. Huh. Yeah, me neither. But I, I, I remember so little of that time. Uh, yeah, I feel like I. The first week somehow really stood out. And I remember, like, feeling this grief when it was over, like, oh my God, the first week is already over. And then I descended in, into a, a hell from which there was no return for quite some time. Cool. It's great. This has been one of our most uplifting episodes ever. Yes, it's been a real episode. (laughs) Woo! F F this episode. Yeah, there are a lot of my my postpartum times that I would like to see in effigy form. Sure. Dispose of.
This episode was brought to you by Thomas's English Muffins. Molly, have you ever kept a secret for over a hundred years? <laughs> Uh, through all my various lives and reincarnations. Exactly. Well, Thomas's English Muffins has. It's the secret to how they make those nooks and crannies in every Thomas's English Muffin. Ooh, Thomas's English Muffins. Wake up to what's possible. So, I mean, I would love to hear more. Like, if you've got, uh, whether it doesn't have to be something weird. Like, uh, we want to hear your pregnancy cravings on uh, at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast or on our website at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we have a, a large majority of our listeners are women, and uh, I think they probably have some good stories. I think they do, too. I, I also, like, wonder how many of them I'm going to run into down at Dick's Drive-In uh-huh. like, tomorrow morning at They're, 10 a.m. They all, of us all get cross Broadway. In a throng carrying their cheeseburgers. They do. Yeah, let's all meet up tomorrow morning, guys. All right, yeah. We'll cheeseburgers be... for everybody. No salads. Right. They'll be shooting a, uh, a uh, Macklemore video. <laughs> um, that Macklemore video that they shot at Dick's that would where uh, all the people in the audience. I think the song is called White Walls, and it's just a bunch of uh, pregnant women holding cheeseburgers <laughs> and dancing on top of Dick's drive-in. Oh, that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, our producer is Abby Circatella, and... Our craving is your continuous listening. Continued listening? Wow, that sounds desperate. <laughs> oh, God. Listener, no, we're I craving you. <laughs> Listener, we're craving you. <laughs> I don't know what's weird about that. <laughs> um, I was recently uh, reading a book uh, that involved <laughs> vampires and witches. Uh-huh. And they referred to the the vampire like craving this witch woman. Yeah. A I, witchy woman. Oh. <laughs> Like that Eagles song. Uh, was it Eagles or was it yes, like Don Henley? It was Eagles. Okay. Yeah, the vampire kept like but I couldn't popping tell up whether it was like that he was song. that he was craving her like like her blood or like that he was craving her sexually but or like all of the above. Those, I mean, in vampire lore, isn't that kind of all the same it's, thing? I, I guess it's all the same thing. I guess. I guess. Anyway, <laughs> what speaking are, as an who expert are you on vampire lore, wife of the show, Lori. <laughs> Well, that's who you're craving. Uh-huh. Okay. Look out, Lori. Cover your neck. <laughs> I've, my fangs are bared. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. The, the first. Is it true you can get pregnant by lashing yourself to a mask? <laughs> well, <laughs> now that you're asking. <laughs> no, um,. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 